0: Amen. Tonight, I want to welcome you and to start by saying to you tonight that God will never come late. God will never come late unto you, child of God. He comes at the appointed and the appropriate time. You know, sometimes the reason people on earth make wrong choices is because of the understanding of time and how God deals with time. He is in control of time. Time is not in control of him for he made time and he lives outside of time. So time actually is relative. When compared to God. He will not come late. He understands time more than you. As a matter of fact, he has your days set out. He has your purpose cut out. He has your assignment set forth for you before you came on the scene. Before he formed you, he knew you. And he has chronicled your time and how it to play out. Therefore, he will not come late. He has a floor for you for every stage of your life. For oh, the Lord, is watching over his word to perform it. For the hair of your head, they are numbered. And God takes account of every strand. You know, sometimes in the Bible, God gives us illustrations to show us. By patterns of the Old Testament. To show us he's in control. And tonight I want to start from this point. To just encourage someone. As we go into the teaching tonight. I don't know. But I believe someone missed this word tonight. God is in charge of time. Don't get into panic mode. The moment you get into the panic mode. And press the panic button. You become panicky and no one takes sound judgment and sound decision in a state of anxiety. Tonight I want you to come to know no matter the pressure, no matter the challenge, rest in God. God is in control of the time. No matter how hard you try, The rains will not come until time appointed. No matter what the farmers do, They can do. Horses are prepared for the days of battle, but it says victories of the Lord. No matter what you do, you cannot frustrate the time. The seasons have been appointed and they will come in their time. He told, he told, he told Abraham, he says, according to the time of life, as I've spoken, I will come with him. If he has spoken to you by his word, according to his word, he will come. He won't delay one moment. For time is waiting on him for instruction. The moment time gets his instruction, that matters. So time is not against you at all. Time is for you. First Samuel 13. Samuel has reigned in Israel for two years and there was war between between Israel and the Philistines. Tonight, I want to reveal to you the the character of your Heavenly Father. If he speaks a word to you, the word will come to pass. You you have nothing to do to get the word to come to pass. You need to come to a place of total rest. Jesus spoke in Matthew 4, let us cross over to the other side and he went to sleep. Child of God, can you go to sleep tonight and rest your heart? That that which God has promised, that which God has spoken, He will make it good. And Samuel prophesied unto Saul. And Saul saw the king of the Philistines laying the battle array against him, just like sometimes you see some things, some some deadlines not have been met yet, some expectations not have met yet, some things not have happened as 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 it should happen. Don't panic. When 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 Saul. Was expecting Samuel to show up in seven days. Normally, by the seventh day, Samuel ought to have come. Read with me tonight, first Samuel 13. You'll see the story there. But Samuel didn't come at the time appointed. But that was Samuel. God will never delay one moment at the time appointed. But really, Samuel did not even delay because Samuel still came on the seventh day. But just before the appearance of Samuel, Saul sacrificed. He succumbed to pressure. He succumbed to his instincts. He succumbed to, his to, to, to 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 the advice of people contrary to the word of God. He succumbed to family. He succumbed to peer pressure. He, he succumbed to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the to the threat of his enemies. Tonight succumb to nothing, succumb to no tread, succumb to no pressure. Let nothing force you to do something outside the will and the timing of God. For everyone that acts outside the will and the timing of God goes outside the covering Saul so offered what he should not have offered. Tonight, I want to encourage you don't take a step you shouldn't take. You know it in your heart tonight. someone listen to me. You know that that step ought not to be taken. That call ought not to be made. That appointment ought not to be honored. That meeting, you should not go. That call, you should not go. As long as the Lord has conquered you in your spirit, though it might be hard, tonight I've said to you about the word of the Lord, don't. Is for your own protection and your own good. Samuel, Saul so offered, and Samuel came. And Samuel said, Why did you? You could have waited. And then you have waited this long. Some people make the wrong choice in marriage because of pressure. Some make the wrong choice in, 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 in appointments or in job because of pressure. Some make several wrong choices because, because God never comes late. Don't eat that sacrifice. Don't go to that coven. Don't visit the herbalist. Don't do like Saul did and went at night to seek the counsel of the witch and end up. Say with God, God will come. It is the blessings of the Lord that make it rich and ask no sorrow. It is the blessings of the Lord that make you rich and ask no sorrow. Therefore, be content with the Lord for his coming. He will make good his promise to you. Oh, the promise is for appointed time. Yea, it will come so. Wait for it for its water. Though it lingers for a while. Yes, it shall come. The Lord is faithful to his word. And he shall bring it to pass. Don't manipulate your way. Don't add to it, let it be the way it is, and let God take the glory. Amen tonight. I want to just teach a few things tonight in the ambit of the time we have in this teaching. Um, Jesus, our Lord has called us to Himself. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way that we might know that He is true and He is, 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 is a revelation of the of the thoughts and the love of God. Uh, you see, for 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 us to be believers, we must believe in the in the bible in the inerrancy and the and in the authority of scripture you cannot you cannot be said to be a christian if you have not if you are if you're not depending and partnering your life with scripture you know you cannot be a believer if you're not partnering your life with the written word of God. Every, every, every believer must get acquainted because it's by the word of God that we are saved, therefore, we are preserved by the word. First Peter 1 to the 3 it says, Now being born again by the word of God. God, not 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 of the seed corruptible, but of the seed incorruptible, the living Word that abides forever. So we are saved by the logos, by the Word. The revelation of God is, is the source of our redemption. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. First John five seven. They are free. They are bear witness in heaven. The Father. The Word and the Spirit. Now Jesus is called the Word. Therefore, we are saved by Jesus, who is the Word, and if we are saved by the Word, then the Word sustains us. You cannot detach yourself from your source and still survive. The trajectory the world is going today is is, is 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 in two folds. Those that stand for the Lord and those against him, those that stand for the Lord and those that are standing for the word. For the foundation of God has been established and it stands sore. It has a seal that cannot be broken. Why? Because the Lord knoweth those that are his. And how does those who are his know themselves? For the love to depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those that are his, and those that are his also know the Lord. Why? Because of their desire to depart from sin. Singing in church, worshiping God, saving is not the criteria that he knows you all. You know him said for in vain these people worship me for with their lips alone they worship but their hearts are far from me so worship is not a sign that you know god it is your desire to flee sin and iniquity that is a right indicator that are following you the foundation of God you see I'm saying because the, the reason we come to church the reason we are making progress in life is because of the promise of God and therefore it is on the basis of God's promise then we must play the the, 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 the game in that sense by the rule in the book you see tonight the message of the bible is this total revelation of all man should know about God, about this life and the life to come. There's no other book given to man for the revelation of God. No other, no, no other scripture of, of uh, in, in, in human history is given that reveals God. God is revealed in the books of the Bible. And one thing we know in the Bible is, is the revelation of God's holiness. The story of the Bible can be can be encapsulated in this the revelation of God's holiness, God's the, the God of Israel, the the the, the, the separatedness and the, and the and the holiness of God. And the revelation of sin and the atoning power of Jesus. So the Bible is a story of the revelation of God, the holiness of God, the sacredness of God, the righteousness of God, and the the sinful nature of man and the redemptive work of Jesus. That's the story. That's the movement. There is nothing else. Nothing else. The Bible shows us who God is. Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, yeah, he, Elohim, the, the, the glory. Eh, and, and God said, when god said we saw the fall of man and, and 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 as a consequence of the fall god made a provision for the redemption of man for what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole wall and loses over what can a man make in exchange for his soul mark 8 36 and 37. there's there's a faculty of of, of God in every one of us by the person of the Holy Spirit that keeps moving us that keeps pushing us to want to obey him, to want to follow him, there's there's something about obedience with everyone who loves God obeying the word obeying the father living in Your life in pattern in tandem with scripture. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Do you know every time you disobey the word of God, you are not happy in yourself. For every time you disobey scripture, you are not not happy with yourself. You are not in your best element, except you be not saved or you be a reprobate. For he that carries the the spirit of righteousness once he greets the Holy Spirit, you feel something wrong with you when you sin and you don't feel greed. When you sin and you don't feel remorse, there's something wrong with you. Tonight I want to present to you the righteousness of God and the Expectations of God for you. Don't so bother yourself about what to eat and what to drink. For he has promised that already. But it's something he has commanded you to pursue and strive to do. You know, let me say this tonight. How many of you will think that. If you were in the days of Jesus, you'd have been a better believer if you have heard directly from the mouth of Jesus. If you've been taught by Jesus, probably you have been, you, you have understood the word. You have been taught that if I have been with Jesus, probably my my understanding would have been quickened or sharpened. you know. Stubborn, you know and, and I wish I were in the days of Jesus. May I announce to you, child of God and friends, if you were in the days of Jesus, most likely you would not be better than you are today. There's something about your responding to him. Almost claim and say that Jesus did not speak to us, that when Jesus spoke, he spoke to the Jews. No, no, Jesus actually spoke to us. Jesus actually taught us because the teachings of Jesus is universal in impact. The that Jesus taught them is what we read in the narratives of the gospel. So we can sit down now and picture the teachings of Jesus going through Galilee and Nazareth and Capernaum and, 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 and Tyre and Sidon and, and Sidon for teaching the principles of the kingdom and calling men to himself. The one that someone asked Jesus in Luke 13, Jesus, Jesus, is it a few folks that shall be saved? And answer them, make sure, strive and do all you can to enter by the narrow door. And if we read that today from the scripture, it's as good as Jesus himself speaking to you. You know, sometimes some folks say that Jesus, you know, preached that his teachings are not for us today. No, I beg to differ and disagree why. His teachings are actually universal in scope, though contextual in locality. I still have entry tonight. How then do we explain John 17, 15, and 20 when it says, Lord, I do not pray for that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from evil. Yes, he was speaking and praying for the for, for his disciples. But in verse twenty, he said, "I do not pray for these ones alone, but I'm praying for everyone that will believe me through the world that I've given them. I have given them the word you gave me. They will give them the words that I have given them. In any case, the same word that Jesus." Brought from the Father is the word we have today. Therefore, Jesus spoke to us also in his teachings. How do you respond to the teachings of Jesus, especially as he taught in the Gospels? John, brother Peter, preached in Acts 2 says, for 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 the pain and baptized every one of you in the name of the lord and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit for this gift is not it's it's not for us alone but for you and your children and for as many as the lord our god shall call you and i inclusive and in and in the teachings of jesus he was teaching them, and one day he taught them in Matthew five thirty. He taught them in his teachings. He said to them, "If your right hand will cause you to go to hell or to sin, he said, it's better that you cut off that hand and, and and go to heaven with one hand than go to hell with both hands." Now that is unhyperable. He didn't mean to cut your hands off. He's telling you the importance of what he was saying. Because down the same scripture he said, even if your life... If your right eyes will cause you to see, that means he said to you, there's a responsibility for your Christian work. But it's, there's a duty on you to, to work out your salvation. You must, you must, you must put in an effort, you must strive daily. You see, in my study of the word, I've discovered that for every doctrinal teaching, there is a practical application. So what would Jesus will do, he will give them like a parable and then he will, he, will, he will interpret what he meant so that, so that there's no ambiguity. So Paul will come with a doctrinal teaching and will help you see the application thereof. So it's not enough to know the doctrinal issues, but much more how to apply. It. So it means the purpose of the teaching is for living. The purpose of the of the of the exposition is for living. So there's no use teaching you without you having the the the, the strength to do. The purpose of the of the deep revelation is not to, to be to be to be knowledgeable, but is to be is to translate the knowledge to wisdom by extension doing. No wonder Luke observed. Luke wasn't there. Tell me tonight to Acts chapter one as I start tonight. Acts chapter one. You know Luke was not among the the apostles but he wrote um, um, the, the, the book of Luke and he also wrote the book of Acts now if you are a the Bible by now you'll have known that already Tell me tonight to Acts to the one thank you Lord I want to show you a pattern that that we will look at to help us now the Um, Acts one verse from verse one, Luke was writing and reporting the things he has he has done through extensive research, asking the eyewitnesses. Those that were with Jesus, he asked Peter, James, and John, they started, he Ramon, but he went and abode with Peter for 15 days. They slept together for two weeks and one day. What were they doing? They were comparing notes. He was telling Peter what Jesus showed him by revelation, and Peter was telling what Jesus told them in secret before he died. So they were comparing to see that what Jesus revealed after his death was a kind. Tant- that was revealed while he was here on earth. So Luke was asking the eyewitnesses what they observed about Jesus' life, because Jesus is our perfect example. Hallelujah! Jesus, and we are serving, led a life that we can emulate and follow. And Paul will say in First Corinthians eleven, verse one: "Follow me as I follow Christ." So we are, we are, we are Christ. Follow us? Are you following him? Are you, are you following Jesus? Are you patterning your life? Are you molding your life? For oh, Jesus, Paul told of in first number four, verse 13, it says, Oh, Timothy, be thou an example of the believer in what it means, be thou an imitator of Jesus in word, in speech, in conduct, in purity, in faith. Hallelujah. So we are called to emulate our master. He just said, For his servant is not greater than his Lord. In your christian work in your daily life are you partnering your life after jesus are you are you are you partnering your life you know you know is is that seed of god in you helping you partner your life after jesus for that is the hormone that is the pointer that you are you are in him and he is in you and notice what the people said about jesus as recorded by Luke in Acts one verse one, and it said, The former treaties have I made of your philosophy of all that Jesus began both. Someone say, Both, so say, Both. I don't care what your name is, I don't care what church you are. I don't care what what, what 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 things you believe but there's something I know about everyone who is born again there's something that we' seen about everyone who knows Jesus there's something that we must see about someone who loves Jesus there's something who must see about someone who is serving Jesus there's someone who must see about someone who is working with Jesus he must be acting like Jesus are you are like Jesus Someone sang the song. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. Husband, are you acting like Jesus? Wife, are you acting like Jesus? He says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ love the church you see that uh, every time the Bible talks is parted in you he's telling you that you are supposed to be parted in your life after jesus not about someone not after someone's tradition not after what your mom said or your daddy said or what your church is saying but words jesus say husbands love your wife just as christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the water by the word, but today we find our own people patterning themselves after themselves and not after Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Submit yourself to your husbands as you are submitting to Christ. Wives, how are you submitting? Is it as you are submitting to Christ? Have you lent submission to Christ? Are you partnering in Christ? Are you learning Christ? If we claim we love him, then we will live like him. The former treaties have I made of your philosophy? Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Jesus never thought what he did not practice. And he's commanding you right now from his word to be a doer of the word. You know, if you read Galatians chapter 1 to 4, you see the doctrinal teachings of Paul. And from verses 5 and 6, you see the practical living of the world. So there's, an, there's a practical expectation of God for us. Let me show you the pattern. Talk with me to Ephesians. Just Ephesians tonight in our teaching as I make progress, hoping that we have some time more tonight, because I was about to start, but it's okay, Ephesians, chapter 1, Paul talks about his spiritual blessings in God, and began to expound to us the mystery and the wisdom and the doctrine of redemption, you see that? Verse four, according as he had chosen. So he's telling us about about the the, the election of God. So he's, he's, he's laying out the foundational doctrine uh, to the church in Ephesus. Chapter two, he talks about the 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 process that that, that Christ used in 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 redeeming in saving us from from our sin where we were before and what we are now so two, which is the the the, uh, the the process through which god raised us up so that you know it in your mind so the one and two are doctrinal teachings you see that And you that were dead in sin and trespassed, has he quickened? So he's showing us the the teaching, the process that brought us to salvation. Now, some folks call this the, the, the new creation realities. Okay, agreed, but it doesn't end there. There's also the new creation practice, there's a new creation living. I don't want to hear about the new Christian realities without you telling me the new creation practice and living. It is the practice and living that tells me you understand the realities. For there cannot be any reality without a doing. For that is the pattern that Jesus said. The things he began to do and teach. Turn to our free. It tells us what God has done to the Gentiles breaking down that that word of partition and putting us together together in Christ making the Gentiles fellow here you see that telling us what we now have that we can now partake with Christ so it's laying the foundations of doctrine of the facts established by the dead of Jesus, what we stand to gain, what we've been made to be. And then after that, he will tell us what that being made to be should stand making us do. Chapter four. It tells us that the, the old life is gone. So, so, the of three and four is a transition from that, from what has been done for us So, what we should start doing now after we've been saved. Come to with me to verse from verse verse 21 of chapter 4. It says, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him and the truth in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the civil laws and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created now the 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 the, 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 the diction is changing from what he has done to what you should do there is something to to do <laughs> Oh, if, if you read down, let me read down. Wherefore, putting away lying, who is speaking with now to you, so that creation reality puts on us a responsibility. So, how do I know someone who has understood their reality is someone who is carrying the responsibility of the reality? Pardon my, my use of teeth there, it's not intentional. He says, "Neither give place to the devil, even though we have been redeemed." You see that we have been called, we've been elected, but after the election, we are called not to give room to the devil. Children provoke not your parents; parents provoke not your no, children. Staff and employees live as unto Christ, as unto God. There is a responsibility that the, that the redemptive power of God puts on us, and God expects us to leave just like Jesus said departed. Uh, tonight, I'm not sure I will start from, from the topic, but later, but I'm going to end here, we'll pick up from there. There's a race you must run. There's a victory to be won. There can't be a victory without a race. If we claim we have known him, let us also walk by him. I wonder John saying in, in third John 3 and 4. He says, my, my joy is that my children are working in the truth. You know, when Paul called the pastors and the elders in Ephesus, he said to them from verse of Acts 20, he says, Look, I've gone preaching unto you all these three years, and now I'm going bound to Jerusalem. But one thing I know is that I'm free from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned, I have not shunned. I have not shown from declaring to you all the counsel of God. For if the counsel of God is not well taught, the blood of men will be required. Tonight, I'm letting you know the expectations of God for you. And God can ask you to do what he hasn't empowered you to do. So how are you maturing in your Christian work? How are you faring with God? How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you making progress daily? How are you? How are you are your old nature? You see, Ephesians 1 through 4 tells us about the the teachings, the realities, what we have now in Christ. No, you're not meant to stop there. In fact, that is just the beginning. There's this after that reality, but it's a doing. Let me read that to you tonight and see to you and show you what God expects of you. This is not, it's not outrageous. It's just, it's just the normal thing that we're meant to live by. Ephesians 4, let me read to you from, from verse 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. You see, he was telling it was, you he was speaking of those who have been elected in God. Now after the election, you must stop stealing. You must stop sinning. You must, it's a must for you to stop it. This is the will of God. Don't remain in the place of knowledge. Translate the knowledge to doing. God expects you that. God demands that of you. And it's not demanding of you what it's not helping you to do. All you need to do is cooperate with Him. And tonight, I don't want to give us like eight to 10 principles. How we can, we can, we can, we can, we can overcome sin. Because we've been discussing sanctification, unto glorification. Never forget that. But let me read on tonight. I'm going to take that off from, from the next class. Let me read from verse 28. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor walking with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Notice he's speaking to those who have been called, redeemed, and washed and sanctified. He's speaking to those who have been called to glory. So, God is saying to you, I will lay the doctrinal issues and I will lay to you the practical issues. Just like Jesus did and taught. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now this is the Holy Spirit that sealed you, but now he's saying, grieve him not. What do you do at the solemn times of the Father? What do you do at the hallowest times of God? How do you treat the holy things of God? How do you handle the sacred things of God? Remember, a time will come when we will all give account of everything we've done in the body. Would I be good or bad? How many times do you grieve him? He says, "And grieve not." That means you are commanded not to grieve the Holy Spirit because He dwells and abides in you. Don't, don't, don't grieve Him. Don't be against those who are right. You know, sometimes some people say some folks are grieved, but Bible says, "Don't, don't do it, and don't support those who are doing evil." Grieve not the Spirit. Wherein you are saved unto the day of redemption. Listen, thirty-one. Let all bitterness, you see that that means the bitterness in your heart towards someone must must be destroyed, and it is in your place to do it. Let no root of bitterness. Wow. And wrath. And anger, you see now, now this is the application of the reality. This is now the doing. This is where the robber missed the road. This is where the Christian life comes off. No bitterness, no wrath, no anger, and clamor, and evil speaking, but put away from you with all malice. So now I'm closing and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. Five verse one be ye therefore followers of God as their children and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for his switchman's labor. You see again, verse three. But I love this now. But our time is up tonight. There are things that should not be mentioned anymore, or the first option must be reduced. The testimony that the Lord dwells in you is your desire for righteousness. Ephesians 1, as Christ from the foundation of the world. Verse 13, and you were sealed. Well, the Holy Israel promise, but four and five and six begins out the ethical practice of the realities, much more than the teachings, much more than the revelings God wants us to be doers. Tonight, so I'm going to close here. I'm bringing you the word of the Lord and sent you tonight. I'm coming to encourage you, not to discourage you. You must say, Pastor, how, how long will I be in this state? I can't help myself. Yeah, you can't help yourself, but the Lord is helping you. As I say, for the Lord God, He will help you. Therefore, you will not be confounded. He will shut your face like a flint and will not be put to shame. For shall no more have dominion over you. You see, the power over sin is a testament of the continuous work of the spirit in your life. I say it again, the testament, the the overseen, is a proof of the continuous work of the spirit in your life. Hebrews 12, and I'll close tonight. Hebrews twelve, read verse one and two. Wherefore, seeing we also are compass about with so with a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sing the sin, the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience, the race set, Looking onto Jesus. as a race. And the stopwatch is running. And you are not in control of the time. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world more than God, the love of the Father is not in him. And the hallmark of a disciple is that he loves God. And if you love him, you will keep his commands. So how are you striving to pattern your life, to pattern your conduct, to pattern your speech, to pattern your relationship with your husband, with your wife, with your boss, with the world, to reflect Christ? That is how God is glorified. God is not glorified by your house. God is not glorified by your car. God is not glorified by your job. What is glorified? Your good works. That proceeds out of the supply of the spirit of Jesus. So who is a Christian? <clears throat> a Christian is not person Who has been watched by the Lord and who is striving by the power of the Spirit to be like Jesus. Are you striving to be like him? Let us pray. uh uh-huh.